The Full Exposure Podcast is brought to you by Metro Health, University of Michigan Health, and Dr. Peter Hahn, in appreciation of the creative and artistic visionaries who enrich our lives through cultural connections. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to another edition, yet another episode of Full Exposure with me, your host, Brian Kelly. I want to kick off this episode with a very, very special announcement, and that is you heard the new intro to the podcast by uh, Metro Health and University of Michigan Health and Dr. Peter Hahn, and I am so proud to announce and share with you today that they have uh, renewed their agreement to underwrite and sponsor our podcast for another year. So what that means is we got a lot more podcasts to cover over the next year, and I am so grateful for Metro Health and the University of Michigan Health and Dr. Peter Hahn, who is their CEO, um, and just to have their their support and know that they have the back of this little podcast, um, they have been absolutely an incredible partner over the last year, and frankly, I was uh, really concerned with the state of the with healthcare in 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 the region and across the country, that um, potentially they they may um, you know may not have been a good fit for us to go another year, given the pressures on on healthcare during COVID. But man, what a what a huge uh, validation and support that uh, I got from them when they proactively reached out and said, "Hey, we're going to underwrite another year. We can't wait for it, and uh, I can't wait." to bring all kinds of new episodes to you over the coming year with the help of Metro Health, University of Michigan Health, and Dr. Peter Hahn. So thank you. Today's guest is very special, my friend Eric Zane, who is a, a, a broadcaster, a podcaster, uh, really rose to fame across the country as part of the Free Beer and Hot Wings show that was syndicated in I don't even know how many cities, but he was part of that crew for a very long time until 2016, and the wheels kind of came off of that relationship, which we go into. And uh, what I've always admired about Eric is how he's pivoted since that uh, transition out of a very uh, established um, show uh, across the country, as I mentioned, and uh, and kind of made his own way now to uh, a very successful podcast called The Eric Zane Show, or The Eric Zane Podcast. And um, uh, a couple of show notes uh, about this before we get into the episode is that um, we recorded this episode back in June. There's a couple of things. So we, we recorded two episodes, actually, one in June of 2019 that uh, we had a technical problem. You'll hear us uh, joking about that at the beginning of the episode. And then he came back about a year later to re-record that podcast. And a lot has happened even since June. And um, I wanted to mention a couple of things. One is that uh, at the very end of the episode, Eric talks about he and his wife, um, uh, wife's commitment to um, organ organ donation. And uh, he talks about uh, a relationship that he's rekindled with a friend, and that friend needed to uh, have a kidney. And he offered his kidney. And um, the, the footnote to this episode is that um, they, they, uh, they were a match. And on December 2 of this year, 2020, Eric's going to fly to Los Angeles and give his kidney to a friend. And I think that just uh, speaks 
volumes about who this man is. He's got a, a bit of a brash bravado reputation. He, he says it all. He's bombastic on air. Uh, he can be controversial at times, and he can ruffle some feathers. But this guy, I'm telling you, I got to know him uh, pretty well over the last, I don't know, a couple of years. Uh, he, he's a big softy and a wonderful guy. And anyone who will give their organ uh, a kidney to somebody uh, to save their life is a very special human being. The other thing, as a footnote, um, Eric, I talked to him just before I recorded this podcast, and his, his mother passed away on uh, October 16th, very, very recently. So uh, we don't touch on that in the podcast, but if you follow Eric Zane, you probably know about his mom. Um, she tragically passed um, from, from COVID-19 on the east side of the state. Her name is uh, Bernadine Corbeil, and um, a wonderful woman. He shared with me some things that uh, she did right before uh, she passed that uh, really isn't a, she's a remarkable woman. And uh, our thoughts and uh, all our compassion is pushed towards Eric and his family as they go through uh, this time of, of mourning loss of his mother. And... Um, I really respect Eric. Um, he, he's not for everybody as a broadcaster, and he'd be the first to admit that, and he doesn't want to be. But he's built a, an amazing audience, and uh, he's quite a person uh, to know as a friend and also just uh, someone who's been instrumental in, in, in helping uh, lift my spirits early on in this podcast. And um, so, Eric, just know that you are uh, you're loved by Brian here, me, and uh, we are thinking about you during this time. So let's, uh, let's hop into this episode. Let's explore the bigger picture with podcaster, broadcaster, kidney donor, lifesaver, Eric Zane. Yeah, and there's no stopping us. Mm. We're, uh, we're doing it. Mm-hmm. Yes, you are. Uh, Eric Zane, you're the man who had to come back twice to do this. It took us a year. So let's just set the stage, man. Yeah, give the audience the background. Yeah, let's let's explain right off the top. Thank you for having me, by the way. Well, okay. I, it's it's been too long, and I I probably apologized enough in my mind, but probably you are somehow harboring some kind of something. No, because I knew that uh, when I kept because. After we did it the first time, and you'll explain why that never made it to the to the uh, yeah. for people to hear. Uh, I, I also knew that your personality is a, a type B, like you indicated to me before we started recording. Right. So I, this is the type of thing where I'm I have barely to, awake. I have right to now. beat you over the head a few times, and we've we've had to do that. Yeah, that's okay. And uh, and so now, um, uh, yeah, recently I, I I banged you on the head again. You're like, okay, Tuesday on this day, the yeah. 9th of June, we will do this podcast. I like it. Well, it's all, been almost a year, and then uh, so. Uh, it was a famous day last year, about a year ago, that you came in and yes, I had scheduled two podcasts in the same day, which I often do because, as you were just mentioning, three cameras, we've got some lighting. It's a bit to boot up the machine, so I want sure. to uh, see get content and also, um, you know, just having episodes in the canon. So in case I get busy, I yeah. don't have to do it. So, right. But that day, uh, being a, I'm not a broadcaster, I'm not a technical guy. I don't know anything about audio, 
there was something on the mixer, the wrong button was pushed. And we did the entire interview. And I went to play it back uh, a couple days later to edit it together. And yeah. it's, here's what it sounded like. <laughs> no voices, nothing. <laughs> it was just an electronic hiss. Okay. And then eventually I had to, uh, I had to admit... I had to admit to you that uh, right. that this is what had happened. That's, you're you're a radio professional, right? I've uh, done that too, though. So you this I've done that even recently. So this is okay. okay. This is okay that you did that. It's come. I mean, I've been in the biz a long time, not in the podcasting biz. It's okay. Um, so we learned. Uh, Kevin Beist came in that day from Art Prize. We had to redo his sooner well. because Art Prize was happening that year. This so this was twenty. No, it was Project One, so it was just last fall. Right. So it's been about a year, and then, uh, but it's good to catch up because uh, yes. I, I've done your podcast, which has been awesome, and I've seen your growth. And partly, I must say, when I got started, let's go back to the the yard raking incident. Yes, indeed, the so, yard raking incident. Yeah. So I was traveling somewhere. Oh, I was going to Europe with yep. my daughter. Yeah, I remember. Now. And I was in. Atlanta. I think we were waiting for the plane to fly to Paris, and then we're going to go from Paris to Madrid. And I get a phone call, and I still had your number stored from years ago Mm -hmm. when uh, we would bump into each other a little more often. Because there's been quite a few years before we... And that's a whole nother story. Right, right. Just various different uh, (laughs) moments in time where we would interact. Yeah, and mutual friendships and some things like that. So. I get this call. It says Eric Zane, and my thought: I'm in the airport. I'm about to go to Europe. I'm like, do I? What am I? Do I answer this right now? <laughs> and I had only done maybe six or eight podcasts to that point. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, well, I'm just sitting in an airport, killing time. Okay. And I did. I picked up. Yeah, you did. To my credit. <laughs> yes, you did. And it was a wonderful conversation because I, it was, I, it was like right away. I revealed to you how much I enjoyed your podcast, and I was tipped off that you did a podcast by uh, Kids Food Basket, Dynamic, Awesome, Help Me. Oh, yeah, Bridget Clark Whitney. Yes. Oh, my gosh. How about yeah, her? She's, she's fantastic. Awesome. Powerhouse. She's so fantastic, I can't remember her name. What an idiot. Well, that's anyway, all right. That's... Don't tell her that. No, but uh, so, and you had left or were shoved out of the last sports radio thing. You had converted, and I was aware of you, your pivot to podcasting with a Patreon and, and taking your listeners what, uh, that were interested yeah. in you mm-hmm. still continuing the Eric Zane show. Right. So you were going for, but we hadn't talked. I had started a little dinky podcast that Bridget had plugged. You checked it out. You called me from your estate up north. I just think of this like <laughs> up, in, up near no, Gaylor. It's a, it's a you know, forest somewhere. with an old trailer on it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a second home, some okay. people say. Fair enough. <laughs> But you're like, hey, Brian, I'm, I'm raking leaves. I'm listening to your podcast. And I just want to tell you how, how great it is yeah. or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was and really I was fun. Like, what? This, uh, first of all, I hadn't heard from you in years. Right. And you hadn't heard from me in years. Right. And I was like, well, what a nice thing. And then part of me was like, what does he have up his sleeve right now? <laughs> Where, where's the other shoe going to fall on this? I do this all the time. For anybody who knows me for any amount of time, I, I'll just call out of the blue. I'll yeah. just like emerge and then I'll say what I have to say. And then the ADHD kicks in and I'm like, hey, I got to go. I, got, yeah. I can't talk to him. I got to go. <laughs> I'm bored with you. Yes. And so that was, that was a perfect example. But it was very that. nice. But at a critical point in, because I didn't, I still feel like I don't know what I'm doing, but in terms of just 
that, that you would reach out somebody I, I have been in the community so long as a broadcaster, well known regionally, nationally, would call me out of the blue, raking leaves up north, and just give me some encouragement. Well, I, felt this, I felt the same way about you taking the call. I was like, he's going to think I'm crazy or something like that. I was just glad that you took the call. So I, you know, yeah, I was excited but, to tell you how much I enjoyed that. I because I listened to several. I listened to. Uh, um, Gracie Harkema? Yeah, Gracie. Yeah. And I, I mean, her story, I mean, just the story, the fact that I was exposed to something I had no idea had ever happened, and I found out about your, I remember everything about that interview, your yeah. relationship with her and how she worked at the front desk. Yeah, the and Barnum, the, Yeah, and then uh, her, her, um, her growth and, and, and when she was young and how she came, how she came to the U.S., and, and um, I learned about, and that was when the founders thing, and then that kind of the long story, that, yeah. that came unglued, and she took a stand really hard and fast about that. That was an yeah. incredible story. And I was like, I know who that is because of Brian's podcast. So yeah. I listened to that, and I listened to the Dave Dyer podcast, and uh, I listened to the young lady who was the model. Oh, yeah, uh, Ainsley. Ainsley. Ainsley Guglielmi. Yeah, and uh, in New York. she's even doing she's fantastic crazier things. Now. What a what a what a grounded uh, to to be yeah. to have that much success to be as grounded as she was. Uh, it, uh, I thought was really cool, and uh, and I was like, well, this is a great podcast, man. This guy's got it. So I had to tell you about it. Well, I appreciate it because you know you kind of do things in a vacuum, and you get. Sometimes, you know, and I, I wasn't known, I think you might get feedback sooner because you sort of pivoted to a different platform, but like what, who you are and your legacy of, as, a, as a broadcaster sort of comes with you. And I was pivoting from just, hey, I think it might be nice to try a podcast. Yes. And then to get Very some validation hard. from you, I just need to tell you again, I, I've told you personally that, but it just meant a lot to me and it did kind of put some wind in my sails. Thank you. I'm glad, so, I'm glad to have done it. What you're doing is harder, is, for the record, what you are doing is harder than what I'm doing now. It's harder. Because you didn't have, um, I had the advantage of every single day for a million years. They know me, they know my voice, they know my face. Um, it's different when you don't do that every single day and then you go into something entirely different. So what you're doing is harder. Well, it feels harder sometimes. I, I'm trying to do better. I'm aware sort of a, I don't like listening back as I edit the podcast. It's not one of my favorite things to hear my voice. And I'm always sort of second guessing like, oh, the setup question was so long. You don't have to lead people so much into what you're asking them or the conversation. There's things I'm learning to That's cut good. off. You're being critical. That's excellent. Well, it's easy, but then to be, you know, I mean, because I, but I am interested in getting better and being a better listener and sort of shepherding and remembering, be present listening while you're still thinking about where you want to take the conversation. Yeah, that's, um, that's a trick. There's no hard. question. Yeah. But, uh, and then we had, uh, and then wasn't long. I did your podcast quickly. Went to your your other massive estate in uh, where is it? Is it in Granville? It's in Hudsonville. Hudsonville, same thing. Yeah, it's out uh, west. Same it's thing. Halfway, <laughs> halfway to the lakeshore. <laughs> I met the bulldog, and I uh, went up into the office, and uh, no, but it, that was a, a, a good time. We've just always had a, a, a banter, even though we don't know each other. Seemed to fall into this sort yeah. of. Uh, ease of conversation it's fun give and take and that's yeah. that's people who don't see each other that often and they can apply that and it, that's fun i mean that's that means we're meant to be right. we were we were meant, we were to, meant be, to be brian Kelly. that's it uh but to reset one other thing and then i want to dive into all kinds of stuff that you're doing um 
we had a mutual friend in Brian Vanderark. And, uh, well, I, I know him. You're okay. not, not a, not a, I mean, yeah. he, I don't know that I, he would claim you. We know he wouldn't. I mean, we're, we're friendly. If we saw each other, we'd laugh. <laughs> I want my hair to be like his. Well, he would come on the show and there was the, you know, he would come on with the, in the early 2000s or no mid 2000s yeah. and stuff on solo work. Anyway, that's, I, I came on, we were doing a fundraiser for children's hospital, Helen Ross children's hospital, met you there a couple of times. And then, <laughs> And then uh, somehow got, there's this uh, horse, Thumbelina, that came and br- somebody offered Brian Vanderark to have this world's smallest horse come to yes. his house mm-hmm. in East Grand Rapids, another estate. Yes, yes. Um, and, uh, and there was a party. It was like a, a kid's party. And he's like, I have access to this world's smallest horse. They offered to bring it to my house. Bring your kids. It wasn't long after we'd been on your radio show. Yes. Beer and hot wings, and then he invited you, and we ended up at the same party with this world's smallest horse. Yeah, I mean, it isn't often. I mean, think about it. One of, we're, we're probably only one of a handful of people on God's green earth that have been told on a personal invite to come see the world's smallest horse. Yeah. So, I mean, if that happens, you get there. Yeah, and, and uh, we all did. And Vanderark even wrote a kid song about the horse called Thumbelina. Well, he writes a kid song about everything. He writes a kid song about tying his shoes, cereal, and, and yeah. the sun, and grass, and the DeVosses. Yeah. And that turned out to be probably the last time we were physically in a social situation together for probably 14, 15, no, no, probably tw- 10 or 12 years. Yes. And then... Uh, Fast forward to uh, another comedian who's a mutual friend, been on your show, David Dyer. Yes. Arguably the most successful comedian coming out of West Michigan the last 15 years. You know, he does a lot of touring. Terrific. He makes his living as a comedian. Yes. He's my childhood friend. Uh, I grew up in the I love, seven. That's what I love the most about your podcast. When you guys were, were the, the give and take between you was so fun to listen to. That's what really was. Right. If anybody can go back and listen to the David Dyer, well, you should listen to all of them, but the David Dyer one is one I really, you and Brian Vanderark, you and David Dyer, I mean, they just, it was just a great dynamic between you guys. Well, then what happened was uh, Dave's comedian friends decided to roast Dave Dyer last fall. No, was it? Two now? falls ago. Two falls ago, mm-hmm. two years ago. Yes, thank you. Before this is all pre my podcast, pre your podcast, mm-hmm. and you hosted him and uh, probably a couple other comedians that were plugging the show right. at, on BBL, uh, yeah, yeah, on uh, at the Bob at uh, Doctor Grins, and to plug the panel and the dais, ripping apart Dave Dyer. It was a good a roast. roast. It was roast a really special. good roast. Uh, he had a nice, uh, a broad. Um, group of people, Joe yeah. Bachheim. I mean, this is a guy who doesn't do this for a living. You don't do this for a living. I really enjoyed his set and almost all of your set. <laughs> well, I just want to set this up because I don't. I've never burned anybody like this in my life, and it, it's. It, I almost want it on my tombstone because uh, the the setup could not have been more brutal and everything for you. So what mm-hmm. happened was. You were talking trash about all these low-level comedians mm-hmm. on your radio show. Had them on. You were making fun of all of them. Dave in an effort to build support. Yeah, yeah, yes, no, it, it was, was all pro wrestling. No, and it's all in in fun. But you know, there, as in cl- clearly is your Eric Zane style. The knives are sharp. They're they're thrown with love, but they still cut. <laughs> and so you uh, 
So what happened was there was a Twitter exchange or something, or I just I almost went after you on Twitter, and I was like, I because you were like I don't even, I remember hearing you on the radio say something like and Brian Kelly and he even who even knows why that photographer is on the dais and you were mocking everybody on the dais <laughs> just and, just, uh, just like carpet bombing just carpet the room bombing. and yeah. I've always done that I've always been like this is you know it's kind of like when you're in prison the little guy you got to go for the big guy and then go for the throat early yeah that's what that's what I'm doing here I'm like all right you know yep. just total bully that's yep. all this is is a bully yeah okay and then you uh, so I thought I. I, there was some thread on Twitter, and I was like, I had something I wanted to say. And <clears throat> I was like, no, I do not want to dip a toe into this lane because I don't think I have the horsepower on Twitter to go toe-to-toe with Eric Zane. Yes, you do. And uh, so I let it slide. But then I happened to be... So fast forward to the roast mm-hmm. on a Friday night or whatever night it was, and you'd been trashing and talking and promoting the the roast in a very nice way. It was, it was sold out. It was a good show. We got a big crowd there. And uh, so I arrive. I'm nervous. I have to write a bit about Dave and gum at him, and I'm reviewing my childhood and all this stuff. But anyway, you had come up, <clears throat> and uh, some of the comics, we, were, we did a pre-writing session, and they're like, yeah, Zane's really coming after us. You know, he's really hitting us. So everyone, if he comes, he says he's coming. Yep. He's coming to the roast. Let's bring the heat. <laughs> so everybody had probably a, a Zane great. that they wrote. Yeah. And I didn't write anything specifically for you until... Uh, <laughs> no, I did write it. I did write it, but I didn't tell anybody about it. So I wrote it. And I wanted to relate the Thumbelina story. That horse, yes. The horse, the world's smallest horse. And I was right in front while you were yeah. right there. Yeah, so I you was came up, you. you passed the green room. I happened to be standing outside. We recognize each other. And we're like, hey, man, how are you? And then you said, which I loved, is kind of like, you know, this lamb being led to slaughter. You said, hey, remember that one time we were at Brian Van Eric's house? And there was like some horse, a really small horse. And then you... Uh, and you I already said, had yeah. this written. I already written. You already written what you're going to tell everybody about in a second. So I, uh, I said, yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's crazy, you know, small horse. And (laughs) how you been? You know, I sort of just like brushed it off. Yeah, how you been? You played it off perfectly. Yeah. So then, um, so the roast goes on, and then uh, there's a train passing by. Very, very. But the. uh, so yeah, so then it's my turn. I'm nervous. I've never done stand up. I could at least read off uh, my phone and. It's okay. Stuff, you so. did it, man. You did very well. I was happy to. So I went in and then I said something. Uh, <clears throat> I said something like, uh, "Hey, uh, there's some celebrities in the audience, and Eric Zane is here." And then I asked you in the audience live. I right. Said, hey, man. You remember that? Uh, is Eric Zane here or something? Like, here I am. Yep, yep, like, yep. Like, real loud. Right all over. Yep, yep, everybody. You're famous guy. Yep. <laughs> here I am. Yep. And then uh, I said, yeah, you remember that that little tiny horse we saw at Brian Van Eric's house? And uh, you yep, said, yep, yep. Oh, I sure yep, do. Yep. And I said something like, uh, well, the horse's name was Thumbelina. And that's the same horse that Free Beer and Hot Wings rented to ride your ass out of town <laughs> when they fired you. And the the response, it was so oh the they audience. they were they were they were appreciative and 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 just the 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 
you could feel it. You could feel the the hilarious, uncomfortable nature of what they were like. Oh my god, well, they, there, they they just ruined him. There was just and a lot of that whole thing was a blur to me because I was so focused on what I was doing. But I remember there was a, an initial kind of like groans, of right? Like, oh, that had to hurt, and then it kind of spun over into laughter. Yes, and then there was sustained laughter. Yeah. It's kind of because I didn't come with anything else. Right, I just sat. It there. was it was beautiful. It's like scalding boiling water. And I remember specifically, you you actually didn't do it justice here because you were so patient when you said it. You actually said, Eric. Do you remember that horse and Brian, that world small? And you you gave all the background, and I said yes, and you said you should, just like that. You should, because that's the same horse that Free Beer and Hot Wings put you on to drive you right out of town. Yeah. And man, it was just fantastic. I'm like, I have always been appreciative, even if I'm the victim of that drive-by, to go, man, yeah. yes. But I, w- I was so mortified, but at the same time, the appreciation of the magnitude of that joke was just, I was like, I was pleased to be destroyed. Well, what was so funny is it was it was a joke 12 years in the making. Yes. Who would ever I think you know, said that yeah, too. It's like, how could it have ever come to that point where I would randomly be on this dais right. in the audience? You've been picking little, you know, fun fights with people, and then to level a score. And I remember you standing up and acting like you were going to leave. Right. And then you came back, and it just kept going and going. Oh. But uh, it was a fun roast, and uh, it was for. Um, and just so many cool people. And uh, I've tried stand-up one other time. Dave invited me back a couple months later when he did his Thanksgiving show. And I tried to do like three minutes. And it went okay, but like it's... I, I've never been more nervous about... Uh, it doesn't yeah, matter who I, I'm photographing, I, what I've been I doing. I believe that. That, just, that seems... Oh. I, I, that terrifies me. <laughs> I, I, I don't know how they do that. I think that's... I've talked many times to people about this, and I think that's the hardest thing to do and I because not only do you have to write it but then you have to at one point you have to say it in front of people right and what's in your head and how you hear it in your head is not necessarily how your mouth works when it's a nervous when you're nervous and just how there's so many like right distractions your mind's spinning in a million ways so it was easy to blank out but if i have ever been funny it's be from it's been from in the moment moments it's not been from I have written a joke, and I am going to tell you the joke. Yeah. Or it's always... It's the craft. That, yeah. That's what made it a craft. It really made me... I mean, I always... I love stand-up, and I love comics, and I love a lot of my work as comedian through Laugh Fest, and I really love, enjoy stand-up, but, like, that is a special tightrope that I'm, yeah. I'm not too eager to get back No, on. no, I, I, I don't... Uh, I, I've, I've toyed with the idea, but then I'm like, eh, you know what? I'm such a fragile flower to begin with that... Uh, you're fragile. You think you're yeah, fragile? Oh yeah, I think I'm. I'm really a big baby. <laughs> I really do. I and I. I think because that's because I think you that contrasts. I think a bit with your radio personality and that you seem to have a thick skin in terms of that. You're not afraid on to certain say things. Certain. On certain, like I, like I'll, I'll, I'll be bold in what I say, but if it gets down, it just happened the other day. Somebody sent me a almost like a dear John letter. About like, hey, uh, I don't like the direction of what you're doing now. It's like a breakup letter. Yeah, it was. I, I had this happens from time to time. Uh, listener, person right. who listens and has always supported me, and I. It, this has happened more than once where they will 
Uh, give me, I've followed you from this place to this place to this place. I've supported you, but I think you're making a mistake in your show going down this road and you talking about these things and I don't like it. And then like the laundry list happens and then I'm like, I, this clearly this one person has sent me an email so it must mean everyone feels that way sure, yeah. and then I my own uh, brain tries to trick me and then I take it very poorly mm. that's a that's a regular thing and by poorly you just internalize in it and it makes you sad ish or do you get angry and want to lash back all of those things oh, okay. and they I do all of those yeah yeah, it's it's not good. Yeah. It's not pretty. You're like, I'll show you. It's a real weakness, and peop- my audience sees it all the time, and they're so used to it that they go, ah, he's doing it again. Just he'll, he'll work it out. And I have that. Ha- everything happened that I just yeah. described, and then I had one of my really close listeners um, call me and say, Hey, so uh, you okay? Because I actually took the letter. That the guy and, and posted it, and I wrote fan mail or something like that. Yeah, look at now. The reason why Eric does that is because Eric wants the audience to see. Oh boy, this guy's being you know saying things that are terrible, and we got to make Eric feel better. So then they say, and then I read that and I go, oh, thank yeah. God, yeah I'm, yeah, I'm not crazy. See, they like it. Right. That's that's what's going on there. Sure, sure. And then so someone will call me up, this guy Mike, and he's like, dude, yeah, um, you sure you're okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. And then, uh, and then I kind of come back to the pack, and I'm like, yeah, I think I'm going to take that down. And, and maybe he wanted, to do, wanted me to do that anyway. And he didn't ask me, but I'm like, yeah, maybe I should take that down. Yeah, take it. I look like a baby. So it's, yeah. It's a mess. It's but a it's mess. funny that uh, you respond that way, because I think uh, one thing that would – you seem to sail by your own signal. You've been able to pivot uh, through all kinds of adversity in your industry – clashes, you know, long relationships, relationships ending, evolving to one kind of show, then that dissolving through your whatever circumstances led it to dissolve yeah. and creating mm-hmm. a new opportunity. Right. One thing I've always been uh, watching and admiring is just that you pivoting to now. Let's just talk about real quick, and then we'll keep going on Please, the same. Please, whatever. Is the Eric Zane Show now is on podcast. It's a podcast. There's a Patreon. But, like... Just describe if people haven't found it yet on on Facebook or Twitter or wherever platforms or just podcasting platforms. What's your goal and the underpinning of you know the hour in the morning that you do? You're typically Monday through Fridays. What's the goal of it? Well, just more like what makes it tick for you in terms of like if people said, "Oh, I want to know yeah. what your show is sure. about." Like, well, what, I actually have a. Uh, I start every show by saying it's a expletive-filled rant covering news, nonsense, and my personal adventures. Yeah. Um, I sometimes it's a little t- it's a little heavy on news. I mean, like we have the two biggest news stories outside of nine eleven happening at the same time. Yeah. So I have a lot of opinions about it. Yeah. So I, you know, I I let that fly. I I pay attention to it just as much as the next person i try to i love when i watch the live feed occasionally when i when i'm able to tune in sometimes frankly during covid i wasn't even up when you were live streaming it was like i was still like right just really covid still covid right right exactly we always yeah it's not post it hasn't left (laughs) no it hasn't (laughs) um but uh i love your notepad the scribbling, the, oh, the, the just the notepad of yes. just random scribbles. I don't even know how you read it. Yeah, it's I have graduated random. a little to a Word document, Ooh. which does help. Because yeah. um, there have been times I've written stuff down, 
And then I'll be doing the podcast and there's a pause because I, either I can't read it or I forgot what I wrote and I, or I don't know what it means. I'm like, <laughs> I'm just staring at it and it's like, it's terrible. So, uh, so I, I but, try to be a little more organized. But given the topical events between COVID and that, you, um, you're, you're uh, unabashed in your, in your support for Trump, but I think what has been booing that is you're, you're not blindly following. You have a no, very, very critical no. voice. And in um, that balance, I think a lot of your listenership um, on both sides, I think you're, uh, I don't know if you have any stat that, uh, statistics. I would assume most of them are kind of more on the conservative side. You'd think. But, but then there's other kind of, you know, there's people, I listen, and I'm not necessarily yeah, it's, on that. It's and, a little surprising. I, I, I don't know off the top of my head. All I can tell you is that I have a very person. I have a personal relationship with a lot of those people, especially the ones that watch every day. Mm-hmm. Like we hang out. Yeah, they have my cell phone number, things like that. The people that watch every single day. Sure. Um, and and I know what makes most of them tick, and and in some things. And and for me, it is it is easier for me to do what I do if I am upfront with them. So that there's, to me, the biggest thing I, I don't like is when I hear a personality tiptoe around something and maybe lob an insult and you kind of figure them out and yeah. they kind of do that sucker punch mentality. I'm like, no, 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 no. I believe this. And, and that's one thing. Uh, I don't try to push it on you. Like, I would never try to convince anyone to vote for who I'm going to vote for. I make that very clear to them. I'm voting yeah. for Trump. And I'm not, I'm not, clear, I don't care who you vote for. I don't... Yeah. I don't uh, uh, just to be clear so the audience understands, you don't have a political program. No, you're not, not at Glenn all. Beck. You're not, you're no. not Rush Limbaugh. It's not at all no, what no, it's no. about. And But because current events are so topical, the, the most recent episode that I was able to watch... Uh, uh, pretty much start to finish was when we had the protests in Lansing with all the when they took over the state capitol. Yes. You were, uh, you know, very anti protest, even though sentiments about the governor and all that stuff are, are whatever they are and rational to mm-hmm. not, not like some decisions. Yes. But then there was this other sort of overreaction. I remember watching the comment stream and it was everything from support and it sort of fell on both sides of the political spectrum. And but also people being upset that you were anti somehow took it to like you were anti Second Amendment yeah, and all this other yeah. stuff and it was like this tightrope right. I watch you walk for an hour but it's you didn't. tricky for them it's tricky for them because yeah. they don't know what to, I keep them they have no idea because I'm like I'm 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 saying oh no they're like well you you're obviously a lib they use that term you're a, <laughs> you libtard and I'm like yeah. well that's terrible uh, no I'm not I'm I'm gonna vote for Trump what. Yeah, I would like nothing more than Whitmer to not be in office. What are you talking about? I confused them. And I go, but she's done a terrific job in doing what she's supposed to do. And she's erring on the side of caution to keep us safe. And that's if she missteps. And if, I mean, there's no, there was no plan for the pandemic. Nobody knew how to do this. So I was in full support and still am. Yeah, about that. I, think I, I would just want to be sure to cover is, uh, you know, I think the takeaway here, we can just say, we got a long road ahead, but it sounds like you're listening. You're trying. You're not afraid to yeah. offend white people from time to time. It doesn't mean you're right no. in in that sense, but you're not you're not afraid to provoke people's thinking in a way that aligns with. I think that that what I find refreshing about your stance on things, not only if I have to be fully honest, is that it it leans towards 
what I believe, although I, I believe I'm more left, obviously, than you are in, in some things. Mm-hmm. But it sounds yeah. like, to me, I don't question your empathy and your, your, uh, your willingness to explore change in a way that might be more equitable for the, for the world right. and for everybody. So to that, that's great. And that's why I can listen to you. If you were just spewing something, oh, I, wouldn't, God, I wouldn't turn it so in. terrible. And that exploration and listening to you uh, Thank explore you. those Thank things you very is, much. is what I respect about you. And, um, but uh, let's talk a little bit about, uh, one. I just want to cover radio, the radio pivot. You've had some amazing success and some lows and rugs getting pulled out from under you. And I just don't know how you've been able to pivot, but I, I'm, I do want to ask you about some of those times that have been hard. Sure. Yeah. You've just, did you even know where to go other than you've stayed in the game? It seems to be like, yeah, it's what else could you do? Well, the first time it happened in 16, that was horrible because we, I had achieved great success so all of a sudden that's gone. And so um, you don't really think about what you're going to do next. You're just wallowing in your own misery. Mm-hmm. And that's a bad place to be. So f- forgetting completely that I have all of the tools at my disposal to do whatever I want. Now I know that now, but at the time it was very difficult. So that wrecked me. Mm-hmm. So that was bad. Um, And then when I started uh, the next radio job, which was only like 60 days after the first radio job ended, within a day or two, I realized that I don't have the tools necessary. I don't have the fire. I'm not going to have the firepower to be able to do what I want to do. What do you mean mean by firepower? um, What what is lacking? Well, I was going up against a 900-pound gorilla, my old show. So even with all the, you know, thoughts that I could pull it off on my own, I still was going from sidekick role to suddenly being lead guy, yeah. which is, uh, was a lot more challenging than I thought it would be. And uh, I don't have the personnel, yeah. so there's those horses aren't there. I don't have, um, I'm, I'm, I'm starting from scratch, and, you know, uh, that's those are the big ones. Yeah, and then there's another uh, there's a number of other res, uh, resources that the company didn't have at the at, at disposal that the people that I'm going against did have. So um, that that proved right away. I, I just I didn't want to listen to that, but now that I'm out of that, I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what had happened. Sure, I didn't want to believe that that we were going to struggle, and uh, we, it was it, nobody listened. So then when that dried up. Now I'm going from, all right, uh, but there was months prior to that drying up that I started to prepare for the podcast. Mm. In October of 19, I had the site built. I had the T-shirts printed. I had uh, the equipment. I had the Patreon built, which is the separate podcast. And that was the goal. And that was, I'm going to need money. Well, I'll have money right away. And that money will get me through until I can get some sponsors. Mm -hmm. So it was all planned. I got fired. Two days later, podcast. Yeah. Got done with the podcast, looked at my inbox. All these people signed up for Patreon. Bought me a month. Yeah. All right. And then, oops, then the audience started to, they, I didn't expect this. They rallied around and built me the studio. Yeah. So 
the one thing I could control was what I was saying, what I was talking about, and even uh, and I had established a little bit more uh, legs and chops because I was doing it on BBL, yeah. so it was a little easier. But then there's another big learning curve that had to take place with now. You're all alone. You, your thoughts, microphone, camera, that's it. What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. And um, that's still a process. It's gotten easier and easier, but I've felt it. And I know I don't, don't dare listen back to the old ones because that was very painful. It was just bad. Uh, but the audience stuck with me, and they've seen the progression. And fortunately, I was listening to one of your other podcasts with Eric O'Brien, and he said, you know, a person can live forever with 1,000 followers or something like that. And I think somebody famous said that, or I heard it on that podcast. Um, uh, I he, think it was Van Der Ark, actually, because he was – well, um, uh, I know, well, anyway, there's this idea of you, if you can have 1,000 – Rat, super fans, yeah, that that can spend. Sure. Anyway, it was like there's a formula. There's a book about yeah. it. a thousand and followers. The, and I remember and hearing they, that they can spend a thousand dollars with your company through the year. Sure, through t-shirts and special. It was Whatever more than music. It it's a million dollars a year. And uh, anyway, so the, yeah, yeah, that's, and that's so, yeah. And that's kind of like what I built the show on was this uh, this pack of people and. Uh, and just kept doing it, and then the that kind of has built upon it, and then. Well, uh, and, and your traditional, like I would call them traditional, but your your, you have quite a range of, of businesses that are, are official sponsors now on top of the pa- pa- Patreon. Yeah, yeah, Patreon. That's so. and that ha- because Patreon was in it was a infusion of cash, mm-hmm. and it uh, I think it topped out at four hundred and twenty two people. And that's a lot of money. And so that, uh, what, they're paying me five or ten bucks a month. So that was like, and then it, uh, people, he was like, okay, I've given, I don't want to give any more, or I, I don't like it, or, or whatever. Yeah. So that's uh, eroded to, it stayed, stayed at about 230. Yeah. So that's still fine. But that doesn't matter because the time that it eroded, I was selling, selling, selling. Sure. And that, yeah. it kind of met, you know, it met the demand, the yeah. loss of income from the Patreon uh, it, it did what it was supposed to do. It did what it was supposed to do. So now, um, yeah, yeah so uh, the back half of every day, I'm like, okay, cold calling or networking people. And, and, um, do you have any staff or anyone no, else trying to sell the show is, for you? No, no. Do you want anybody to no, do it for you? No, I have no. I've thought about it, but. Just somebody beating the streets a little bit, doing emails. Even yeah. like to set up a call. I like it all to be, I like to, I'm very much controlling of it and I like handling all of this stuff because um, it's a little less red tape. Mm-hmm. It's less for the per- potential client to be talking to me. Yeah. And so it, um, it just makes it very, everything's a handshake deal. And this town is like that. It's yeah, amazing it's all, how much is done on verbal stuff. I've kept it all very, very low maintenance, yeah. and I, it's been nothing but success. Yeah. It's, it's been just fantastic. Well, it's been cool to watch, not just the sponsorship. I mean, we, we, you helped me early on when we did your photo shoot a year ago. <laughs> Which That's is now people will find. I'm gonna see. be. I wonder what I look like then because I've probably uh, weight cycled like five times. different person. I hardly <laughs> recognize you when he came. I was like, oh, "That's not him. That's not who I saw yeah, in right. the photos." Um, but uh, it, it's. I uh, forget where we were at with that. But uh, watching it, it grow and you helped me. Uh, you know, you just gave me some pr- pretty pat, uh, simple advice about sponsorships, and we we have one. I have a different model I'm looking for. I'm going after kind of elephants versus 
smaller stuff because I don't have. I think your advantage is that you can. This is my job. You can manage this, and I have. Yeah. Three or four other. Yeah, you've got a lot of things to to do. You're a photographer. Photographer, we're doing video productions. I'm trying, you know, there's all kinds of stuff I'm trying to do and trying to keep a podcast going. So, longer term relationships so that I don't have to renew as often. No, perfect. Makes perfect sense. But uh, I don't know what'll happen, uh, you know, if being fully transparent, Metro, you know, the healthcare industry is trying to recover. (laughs) They took a huge hit. No elective procedures, no no income for, they've had layoffs. Yeah. It's very real. Administration has taken huge pay cuts and, so I don't know how to rebound. I don't. That's my big question when we're talking in this conversation is about pivoting. Is um, you know I just don't know what's up for my video and photography industry. I, we tend to work with marketing budgets either through direct to the company through their internal marketing department, yep. or I work with ad agencies who have a client and they ask me on behalf of the client to make something f- that they want made. And or portraits that they need or other types of photography. And I just don't know how fast it's going to come back. I can't Have in- you ever, um, like for the people that you do all these other levels of work for, um, have you ever gone down the road of talking about the podcast to them? Well, that's kind of how Metro Health evolved, okay. and there's other people. They know it's out there. I'm, I'm not real great at the hard ask. I try to shepherd relationships and kind of like... I want it to form organically. I'm not right. out there with a sales sheet and a rate card. No, no. And because uh, I think that with what I'm doing, the, the least ingenuous thing I can do for myself is to just take any dollar that comes. And not nobody's knocking down my door. But the right fit has, and I've made proposals to people. They've all been very interested. And I had I thought I was very close to two more sponsors, and then COVID hit. Mm-hmm. So, and then I didn't do anything for 90 days almost. You didn't, didn't record any podcasts, okay. didn't do anything because I didn't want to bring people in here. I didn't want to do it through Zoom. I don't like the detached kind of phone call interview. Right. I need to be in the room to gotcha. really be, to, to feel it. Sure. Mostly because my experience with other podcasts is if it's a phoner in, I'm out. Like, I, I don't know. It's not that the conversation's bad, just lacking something that I like to listen to. Uh, the reality of the world is that was the only way to conduct it, and I, I had an opportunity to push this press pause and, yeah. and make sure keep my powder dry. And well, that's back. okay. I mean, yeah, that's, and I have one sponsor. It's not like and, and it's per episode, a certain number of episodes. So as long as I honor that through the end of their contract, then we're good. Well, your contract's better than mine because I just go. I don't know. Uh, yeah, sure, sounds good. You know, I'm just. Well, it's coming up for renewal, and you know, end of the summer, and I, you know, they should resign. Let me just say, you want to be on this podcast, Metro Health? They've been, they've been wonderful. I couldn't not have asked for a better partner. They were, they've been amazing, and uh, they, they just want to support and let me do what I do and let me grow. And they were in early, and so you want, I'll even voice us. When it comes to hospitals, let me tell you about Metro Health. They know how to hospital. Come out to Wyoming and Caledonia. It's beautiful. (laughs) <laughs> All right, perfect. Yes, that's what you got to do. Perfect. But, uh, and the other thing is, I, I wanted to ask you about the story. So did we cover the pivoting enough? Did we cover, I mean, um, you, I mean, in well, terms of the podcast trajectory well, that you're doing. I think the one thing that is, um, that I am, I am very proud of it because it started from nothing and it is fully, um, because of the engagement of the audience, because of their belief in me, I cannot stress how thankful. Every single day, I'm like, you know, this is absolutely great. I can do this. 
Uh, the platform is different, but I am just as excited every time I get in front of a microphone now, even more so now than I have ever been in my life. And the reason why is because when you're alone, you can really, you can really get down to what you want to get down to. And yeah. you don't have anybody in your way who can possibly maybe dilute the message in any way, shape, or form. I have, and I haven't always felt this way. It's only because I've experienced different types of um, this type of expression that I'm, this is, I think, what I'm the most comfortable doing. Now, not everything is a home run because mm-hmm. basically I talk for extended time about whatever it may be, and then I do a couple sponsors, and then I go on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. And there are times that I'm like, oh, you know what? That felt really good. I felt, I felt like that was there, that what I'm saying is going to resonate with people. And when you're alone, you have that opportunity more and more. And mm-hmm. that has been, uh, to me, like the most fulfilling thing to be able to do that yeah and i love it i really enjoy it well you can tell because you're so consistent and persistent at it it must be uh it must be something you're really enjoying because your your presence on every single platform is is once you're in your network i see it all the time yeah that's good content and then the extra stuff you're doing on a behind a private paywall is yeah you have it's amazing you have to because it's you know, um, are there live webcams with your paywall or what no, no, but it, it seems like there's so, there's so often a camera I might, on. I might consider subscribing. You won't believe this. My wife made a big mistake the other day. And, um, when I'm in that room, it is not a good idea to do what she did. Naked as a jaybird, <laughs> not a stitch of clothing on her. And I'm like, and there was no camera on, but I'm like, you, that is a real risky thing you just did. What well, a- just to clarify, your your studio is up through. You have to go through your master bedroom in a closet or the bathroom. I don't remember to, to this closet, other yep. to a master closet to your studio. Yes. So, the fact that it wouldn't be that you were down in uh, the basement, no, or, no. Or, or the pool house. She, oh yeah, right, sure. <laughs> she, I was like, what are you doing? I go, that is uh, this is this is not good. Did you see the story about the Navy captain and his wife? That were uh, they inadvertently they were having they thought they were FaceTiming with each other but they were live streaming on Facebook. Wow! And a Navy captain and her were having these. Uh, there was a lot of racism uh, sprinkled through. Oh uh, boy! But it was. Can you imagine yeah. how horrified you would be? What if a you're feeling like, of the of can shock! You can you imagine? There'd be just, oh, the world has seen it. You're just you're done. You're done. And they are done in terms of, uh, they had to issue, of course, a huge apology. He's a retired Navy captain. And he was on some other boards. I wouldn't and some even other bother. Stuff. I wouldn't even bother the apology. I would just say, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, I said that. That's the way I feel. And uh, I'm going to go and hang myself. I'll see you later. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, uh, it's sort of ironic that they were disparaging certain ethnic groups in that conversation, but were so stupid that they were live streaming it at the same right. time. It's like, point it right back at yourself, people. Wouldn't that be refreshing if he actually started his uh, big mea culpa with, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not sorry. <laughs> yeah. It's none of your business what we said on I'm our live sorry. stream on Facebook that sorry. we didn't know we were live streaming. Are you kidding uh, me? Oh. Uh, last thing I want to cover with you is uh, you and your wife have recently, um, speaking of her uh, in clothing, but I'm, just, just, I'm glad you, I'm glad you offered that up. But the uh, 
you became very interested in in uh, organ donation. Yeah. So, t- so when you, I don't know nothing about this other story. Than you're gonna love this story. story. All right, we're gonna this end on this one. A friend of mine is a filmmaker. He makes a lot of uh, shorts. His name is I don't want to say his name because I haven't said his name in the past. But I'll tell you off the uh, podcast. Sure. So he's uh, similar industry as you, and uh, I graduated with him in 1988. Haven't seen laid eyes on him in 32 years. High school. High school. Okay. Haven't laid eyes on him in 32 years. Uh, one instance where we exchanged on Messenger about seven years ago, and you know, I, I knew of him somewhat, but we weren't tight or friends or anything like that. And then I noticed that I had a friend just three weekends ago. Um, a friend he had sent me a friend request, and I had never accepted it, so I finally accepted that and went about my day. He right away sends me a message. He says, "Hey, man, how are you?" I'm like, "Oh, hey, good to hear your voice. How are you?" Blah 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 blah. In the course of the messages, he says, he reveals he's struggling with a health issue. And that's it. We continue to talk more. And then about three, four, five messages in later on, he mentions it again. I have a very serious health issue. Maybe if you're interested, I'll tell you about it. And uh, I wrote. And you're supposed to say. And I wrote, I am interested. Yeah, right. And then so, yeah. So I was like, yeah, yeah, I, I am interested. Let's have a conversation. I'll, I'll, I'll call you. What's your number? gives me his number and then he says uh, he gives me the uh, preview he says I've got stage 5 kidney disease so that's it there's no stage 6 and he's on dialysis 12 hours a day and he goes yeah it's terrible you have to hunt for your own kidney donor your own living donor and I've been through this with seven other people and it's a very strict process and each time we've gotten a cert- to a certain point in, in trying to find wait you're supposed to uh, that's find a the, kidney yes the, you're supposed to find it on your own It's because uh, otherwise the donor list is so long you won't you won't find it. Mm. So um, I guess so. There's a it's another tangent. There is something he's on a I'm sure some registry. Yep. But uh, you can certainly improve your situation yep. by uh, trying to get your own person calling high school uh, classmates. Sure, if that I'm facetiously, but uh, right. I, yes, and I not, you, and that's the thing. He's yeah. uh, he has actually yeah. done that with like his sister and stuff like yeah. that. So. Um, he said, yeah, I've had my heart broken a few times. I go, oh, okay. So that, he didn't say anything. So then I, I got to thinking, and uh, I, I, I described it as God was talking to me and banging me over the head, and I'm listening to this voice in my head, and I'm like, huh. And then, uh, so I, I didn't say anything to the guy. I didn't want to say anything at all, but in my head, I'm thinking it. So then I said to Dan, I go, hey, I got to run something by you. And I gave her all the variables that I just gave you, 32 years, haven't talked to him. I go, and you found out that this friend needed a kidney. Would you be willing to donate it? And in an instant, she said, yes, I would do that. So I go, huh, so would I. Hey, so then I got her up to speed. I go, um, would you want to do this? And she goes, yeah, yeah, let's, I, I would. I really would like to do this. I go, huh. So a little bit of time passes, and I reach out to him. I go, so look, ma'am, um, what is your blood type? Diana is uh, O negative, or oh, I forget which one is which. Which one is universal? I don't know. Uh, and, and I'm O positive. I go, what is your blood type? And he goes, I, I'm O positive. So that means he matches with me, and Diana's universal, so anybody, he, she would match with anybody. I go, because we're talking about giving a, a kidney to you. We would be willing to do that. And he's like, uh, wow, you're going to make me cry. That's a very hard ask to ask somebody. And, and I go, said, well, you didn't ask. And that's why I said, I go, you didn't. I just thought about it, and... So let's start this conversation. Within a day, we had talked extensively, and um, we got in touch with the people at the... We uh, submitted a form with the 
organization that he associated with, the UCLA Kid Living Donor Association or whatever it is at that at that college, a medical college, and um, filled out this. Took ten minutes, a uh, a form. Mm-hmm. Uh, Diana did the same thing. Um, within two days, we got a phone call, and um, that's hurdle one is filling out the form. Hurdle two is they ask you questions. Hurdle th- there's a lot of hurdles. It's like a year, year and a half. Yeah. Ask for your access to your medical records. They they go and they look at it. So we're going through this process, and if it comes down to it, uh, this guy's going to get a new kidney. Wow. And That's so, amazing. yeah, and uh, and then the we've even gone so far. I think we should just pass it off on Diana. And well, just sort of hand it over and just go. You're universal. You can do you it. Yeah, so, I know. The, I brought it. It up, is a but I really, really rigid, strict yeah. set of protocols oh, that imagine. have to take place, and so because they can't make mistakes. No, no, no. There so can't this be is bad apples. I'm extremely excited about this. I am just so happy to be part of this, and to a point where I, you know if. Like, I want to be a living donor now. I want to be an advocate for this. Mm-hmm. And um, it, uh, you know, I'm hoping and praying it goes to this person. And if it doesn't, uh, then somebody, somebody needs a kidney. This is, has to happen. Mm-hmm. So that, that's where we're at right now. And it's, I'm just, it's the greatest feeling in the world knowing you can actually yeah. do this. That's incredible. I, um, yeah, there's a lot of things I would do for people. I, if a loved one, certainly, maybe, maybe. I would have to examine your your that that's incredible because I'm not sure I would be ready to do that right yeah, now. First it of has all, to be correct. look at me and then say, "Would you well. want my kidney?" <laughs> and I would say, uh, "Take your chances on the registry," because <laughs> I can't take the rejection of someone saying, "I just literally offered you my kidney," and you're like, "Nah, I'm good." <laughs> Be terrible. Oh, that's that's very I can't funny. Take, I can't take that. Is very reason. funny. You see, you you are funny. I you just know. you just kind of you just bottle it up. I know you're funny. Listen, man. I if we're not on these earnest issues of you know racism and and systematic uh, and and pandemics and all this other problem, yeah. these are things that you know. A lot of it's through my, um, you know, it's what changes your perspective, right? That's what it takes. A, something something huge to change your right. perspective and yes. rattle your brain and and crumble the scaffolding whatever your architecture is in this case it was a, a high school classmate that you have a connection with if someone a random listener asked you for a kidney you'd be like you probably would have not opened the door maybe you would have made it all depends you know it depends it? but through our family situations and things like that and and having uh uh a daughter who's especially vulnerable in society has changed my thinking sure. about everything. And, that's, and, that's, and that doesn't make me beautiful. better or not. Uh, it just makes me more aware of things that I would not have been fully, I will fully admit, if I had had all my daughter's perfect health skating through, I, I would probably have a much different opinion about current events, world events. and But that doesn't change the reality for the people who are suffering. And so the fact that I could have potentially been more blind, and I still believe I have many blind spots, I can't uh, empathize uh, uh, fully and have a full understanding. Just I can't of your situation, you can't of mine. Point is, is just that until you're really shaken down with something that really changes you, whether it's been your, your business course, your career courses, where it's like you're tested and your thoughts and your beliefs are challenged um 
Right. You're not inclined to change. No, no. And that's, and that's, so, I mean, you look at the challenges you've had in your life have shaped you to be this, well, in my opinion, an exceptional soul. And you would never admit that because that you're the type of person to ever, to never take credit well, for anything. It has shaped me in this way is that I'm a bit of an emotional eater. So it has, what, you, what is it? Uh, eating emotionally cover my feelings. Oh. So, oh, so I see what you're shaping. Thought, I thought it was shaping. You're literally I'm back eating. to a joke. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> what okay. is that? You're emo- <laughs> I'm just saying that I've uh, the COVID weight is real. The the oh, I, I gained. No, no. I gained about yeah. 15. Really? Yeah, I did. And then I did diet bed. Have you tried diet bed yet? No, is this so something I should be? Is this, this is a sponsor fun. of the show? No. Oh, diet um, bet? Yeah. So let's say you've got 10 friends and yeah. they're like, yeah, that's, that's, and what you do is you go to the, it's a platform, it's an app. And uh, you decide how much you're going to bet. So let's say the group decides they're going to bet 10 bucks. Oh, so you got skin in the game. You do have skin in the game. And it's a four week bet. And uh, you all sign up, everybody drops their money in. And you got to lose 4% of your starting weight. So if you weigh 150, you got to lose what? How much weight is that? What is 4%? Four, four, well, whatever. It's like six pounds. Six pounds. Thank you so much for the assist. That's not bad. Four I weeks. I got it right, by the way, Derek. You did get it right. Yeah. So, uh, and then if you meet, meet your goal, you get your money back. And then all the people who did not meet their goal, you divide their money. Ooh. So you want to encourage them to lose, so you deliver like Milky Way bars and, and you yeah, know, it's a real war. So you know, yeah. and then maybe and then do it again, or I don't know, but put a hundred bucks in, whatever, maybe. whatever you decide to do. But it's fun. All right, I, I might try that. I'm trying you're to. Not I'm, gonna try. You're uh, just, you're no, sick. I actually because Dyer's Mr. CrossFit now. Dave Dyer is he? Is he? Oh, uh, I know he has been for still, quite some time. Yeah. He's been very. Did you see the photo of him rescuing a cat out of a tree as a fireman? He did a video, yeah. Oh. He actually went up. He's everyone ever asked him, "Hey, did you, did you rescue any cats Showing today?" Off, There's videos he? now of him getting a tree out of a cat out of a tree. But oh, he's like, uh, you know, <clears throat> did he Cross take off his shirt so that and he had like just his suspenders on with no? Ironically, shirt? they were photographing the, uh, the fireman calendar, and he was uh, June, Ooh. Mr. June, Ooh. with Ooh. That, a shirt off, hubba hubba, with, with the. With the fireman, uh, yeah, the pants, the pants, but the suspenders were down, and he was shirtless, <laughs> holding a tiny kitten. That's what I picture. I'm isn't gonna buy he like, that calendar. Isn't he like he's like way ripped, but he's like 77 years old or something like that? <laughs> yeah, Dave is 77 years he's old. He's so old, or 78. I don't know. God, is he's he old? <laughs> Man, I just. But he looks great. He does. I'm really just attracted chin to down, him. Chin down, amazing. <laughs> chin down, you wouldn't know. You wouldn't know what he I was. know it. He has just transformed himself. He, he used to be gross and like he was big man. Yeah, I'll show you a photo. I he was going to die. <laughs> All right. Well, we have to have him on now in his defense. But uh, you know, there was a period uh, where, and I'm in that. I'm in that. Uh, what do you call it? I'm in that season of my life right now where I'm dangerously. Uh, not not conscious. Well, that's about all right. Yeah, yeah. I'll get it back. I'll get it back. Yeah, Eric. of course, uh, dude. We've this is uh, I think we it's the longest hour thirty right now. Wow, that's so much fun. Yeah, that's so great. I hope it's longest, been okay. Yeah, it's been good, and uh, I think it's the longest we've gone. And I remember when we were on. I was on your podcast. You're like, that's the longest conversation I've had today. Wow. Yeah. So that's here we go. that's that was a good one. I remember it. So maybe I'll tighten it up. But just if everybody knows, it's an hour thirty. And I appreciate you coming back a year after we did the first failed attempt. I think we're all better. 
I, I think, think we're all good. better now. I, I think good. we've improved. And one of my favorite things in the Brian Kelly podcast on the uh, on the on the Shutterbug podcast, I like to call it. <laughs> yeah, what else did you call? I call it uh, Zoom In Podcast, uh, In Focus Podcast, Shutterbug Podcast, but it's full exposure with Brian Kelly. Is occasionally Brian will get in the weeds and he'll go, oh, I'll just edit that out. I'm going to edit that part out. It never gets edited out. It's always there. You're like, eh, leave it, leave it. So I'll just know <laughs> that I do edit things out and just imagine some things that were on there. Yeah, well, okay, all right. I think you just say it just to put the, the per- you put your guest at ease. True, that's true. Okay. I'm putting in all your... Uh, all of the stories about your wife. Good. Please do. She right, loves man. it. She's a, a big attention seeker. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks so much. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. You're the man. The Full Exposure Podcast is brought to you by Metro Health, University of Michigan Health, and Dr. Peter Hahn, in appreciation of the creative and artistic visionaries who enrich our lives through cultural connections. <laughs>